My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. We can all get these symptoms from time to time. But if you or a loved one notice you're getting a combination of them regularly, don't ignore it. They could be signs of a brain tumour. My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. To learn more about the common signs of a brain tumour, search Better Safe Than Tumour. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brain Tumours, the podcast where we'll be talking to people who've been affected by a brain tumour diagnosis, either their own diagnosis or the diagnosis of a loved one. We'll also be sharing news and updates from the Brain Tumour Charity about what we're doing to halve the harm and double survival. Welcome to the podcast. I'm joined by Andy, Anna and Chandos to talk about the holiday season and some of the challenges and ways to manage when you've been affected by somebody else's diagnosis. So welcome to the podcast. Just in case people haven't listened to us before, we'll do a quick round of introductions so that you all get to know who we are. We are all the hosts of the podcast. I'm Sarah and I work at Brain Tumor Charity and I'm going to hand over to you, Andy. Hello, uh, I'm Andy. I'm a user, as they say. So I'm I'm in my 50s, sort of diagnosed about five years ago with a large benign meningioma, which was removed through surgery. And I had some regrowth this year, which has been treated by stereotactic radiosurgery or gamma knife. I'm Chandos and I'm a previous young ambassador for the Brain Tumor Charity and I volunteer. But I had a benign brain tumor when I was in my childhood. So I had a pilocytic astrocytoma or TIMI for short and it's definitely with the left side weakness down my left side that means that I struggle to mobility things and daily tasks like that but I've also got a mental health diagnosis of OCD as well. So I'm Anna I'm one of the current young ambassadors for the Brain Tumor Charity um, which is also how I got into doing these podcasts with everybody else. So I lost my dad to a brain tumor back in 2011 when I was 13 so yeah that's something that I wanted to do to keep his memory kind of alive and something that I'll be happy to talk about today. One of the reasons we're doing this episode is because we know with the holiday season it can be really difficult it can be difficult for various reasons when you've got or had a loved one with a diagnosis it can be really difficult to manage the expectations of managing the holiday period whilst also managing the symptoms the side effects the caring responsibilities of somebody who is living with a diagnosis and how you do that and still kind of take care of everybody's needs one of the things that people struggle with is balancing the sort of needs and I know Anna you were only 13 so your mum presumably had to kind of juggle having children in the house and your dad obviously having a brain tumour. Yeah I mean it was just me I'm an only child pride and joy but um, (laughs) I think even just having one child and then dealing with somebody else close to you and with that being the other parent obviously having an illness must have been looking back such a such a tough thing to go through absolutely I'm constantly in awe of my mum and and how she handled it so yeah definitely but yeah around that kind of time so we lost my dad actually in October so that first Christmas came around really quickly and I think it was very much 
kind of an experience where we pretended like everything, not pretended that everything was normal. It obviously very clearly wasn't, but kind of tried to carry on with as much normality and traditions as we possibly could. So I didn't live in the same house as my dad. So I didn't usually see him on Christmas day. I used to see him on boxing day. So that actual first Christmas day, I think we tried to keep it as normal as it would have been anyway, because he wouldn't have been there anyway, but obviously it was kind of clouded by what had happened and just that feeling that there was still somebody missing whether it'd been that day or just I would have still spoken to him and things on the morning so it was obviously very different so I think as much as it is sometimes useful to try and act like everything's fine I think it's really important to also acknowledge that it's not and it probably never will be again um especially after you lose someone to a brain tumor. Chandos and Andy you've talked about some of the difficulties that you have actually managing the day how do your loved ones manage that with you on a Christmas day do they do things differently than than they would have done previously I think for me it it varies the first Christmas I had I mean I was diagnosed I was very ill fairly ill over the Christmas but we didn't know it was a brain tumor then I was diagnosed just after just first week in January so when the first Christmas came along afterwards there was a sense of relief with my wife and my family who were fantastic that I was still here and still able to be in a position to enjoy Christmas. But they were also, I think, they felt very protective towards me. So they tried to have a normal Christmas. My kids would have been sort of teenagers, so that they weren't too young, but they tried to have as normal Christmas as possible. But I do think it affected them, certainly that first one, because they they were trying to fend people off because they knew too many people would get me uh, over overstressed and overtired and I'm not going to be rude well I can be rude to people but you try not to be rude to people so they were trying to protect me and have a good Christmas at the same time mm. and I think that was a real that was probably the biggest challenge for them since then I think that we've all come to terms and as carers I think when you can come to terms with the fact that your loved one is different after brain tumor diagnosis and whatever they diagnosis they have and the symptoms they will be different so it's it's the carers acknowledging that and then trying to have as good a christmas as you can knowing that the person that you're that you've loved for my case you know for many many years is going to be different and i think that's probably the biggest challenge and 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 anya picked up on it that that's where having consistency and trying to do the same things as you did that tradition really helps because it helps the carers and the family looking after you, as well as helping the person living with it. So still have your presence in the morning, still have dinner at the same time, still invite people around, but just be aware that person with the affected won't be as, what's the word, as receptive and won't have the same stamina, certainly, as they had beforehand, and maybe behaving differently as well. So people have behavioural things. So my family also know that I can sometimes say things that are inappropriate, because my brain-to-mouth filter's gone. Um, and even though that gives me a good excuse, especially at Christmas, they kind of have to pre-prepare people that if they come in and, you know, chat to me on the phone or talk a bit at Christmas, that if I do say something that's a little bit inappropriate, it's nothing personal. That's just how I am. So we can still have a good time and the carers can still have a good time. But it, it's it's trying not to let the change in the person you're loving and caring for uh, affect your Christmas too much. Yeah, definitely. I feel like 
I was very young when my dad first got diagnosed. He first got diagnosed when I think I was around nine. And then Mm. he was um, in the clear for about five years until um, he had regrowth. But it was during that time I was I was young, but I would think I was still old enough to realize that my dad was never quite the same after his first operation. He was, as you mm-hmm. said, Andy, quite fatigued and things like that. So I think even though I was such a small child, I was still conscious of not running rings around him on Christmas and getting a bit overly excited. But like you say, I think I had it in my brain that I didn't want to tire him out. But then at the same time, yeah. I was still very much like, no, this is my Christmas slash Boxing Day. I do mm. want to come and spend time with you and let's have fun and things like that. So I think it's about striking that balance, obviously be yeah. really respectful to the person who you love very much, who's obviously struggling, but also don't don't put everything to one side because it is very much your Christmas as well. And I think it's important to to know that you can say no, because I think it's a time when people do want to visit, people do want to do things and trying to juggle and be all things and to pretend that your life is normal when you're, you've got care and responsibilities and you're exhausted because you're doing whatever you need to do at home to care for your loved one, that it's actually okay to say, no, I can't do this or I can't do that. Because I think sometimes people try to be superhuman and try to do everything that fear of letting people down I think carers naturally try to do too much and that fear of letting people down means that they take on too much and they burn out and they're exhausted at a time when they're already probably feeling exhausted with just being carers and just the day-to-day life of being a carer yeah I can just for me the the term I always try and remember as, as, as someone with is who cares for the carer yeah it's something my dad said to me many years ago, who cares for the carer? So if someone's ill, people tend to focus on the person who's ill. Mm. They very rarely focus on the person who's caring for them. But the person caring for them is just as important, if not more Absolutely. so, than the person being ill. So if you're caring on your own, try and take a step back and go, right, I need to look after myself. I need to be fit, healthy, engaged. And that means I can take time out. I can do the things I want to do as well. And if there's a family, it's looking after each other as well. Mm-hmm. So don't put all your attention on the person who's been affected or ill. Almost care just as much about the people surrounding yourself as well and make make sure you're looking after yourself. Yeah, because it's okay if you're in a household where you've always been the place where everybody comes to Christmas and you're the one that cooks like for 10 people, that actually mm-hmm. it's okay to say, actually, we're not doing that this year. It's either just going to be a quiet one with just the the few of us or we'll come over to you. You know, you don't have to be the person where they all come if that's always been the tradition. It's a time where you can also set new traditions and say, actually, this year we won't be hosting for everybody, not cooking the turkey for and feeding the 5,000. We'll come to yours or we'll go out instead. There are lots of restaurants and places that now do Christmas Day that actually there are other ways of doing it rather than feeling that you've got to carry the burden all, all on your own. Yeah, and I think so. I'm talking too much. But if if for someone like myself, you get to a point soon on Christmas Day where you need to take yourself away for a while. Sometimes I'll go up to bed early as well because I've just reached the end of my mental energy and I'm getting fatigued. If you're caring for someone and that happens, don't think, oh, dear, that's the end of the day. I've got to look after them. That's the time to crack the beers open, get the party <laughs> hats on and have a good time. Because the person who's tired and, uh, you know, drained, who's, who's living with a brain tumour, let them go up to their room, put their noise cancelling headphones mm. on, take themselves away 
then you can still have a good time and don't feel guilty about having a good time. You're still caring for that person by giving them the space they need to have a good time. So if that, like I said, if that means that you have the Christmas two thirds of the day with the person you're looking after, but the last third you get you get the beers out and the party games and and whatever it is, trivial pursuit or whatever you're playing, that's actually a good thing. So don't think you can't enjoy yourself just because a person who might be the centre of attention isn't there. Actually, that's the time to really sort of let your hair down. And I also think that it's a really difficult thing to do, but it's staying in the moment and not trying to focus too far in the future. I think that it can be quite scary if you've got someone with a diagnosis to be thinking, everything seems like it's heightened, like is this going to be the last Christmas? And I think it's really important to try and stay in the moment and not think about that, just enjoy the day for what it is. Just try to park that kind of what's going to happen in a month's time, six months' time, a year's time. Don't let that overtake the actual day, overtake what the time you do have to just try and stay in the moment and in the, in the day and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of think that staying in the moment and kind of just appreciating what you have continues on even after you might lose somebody to a brain tumor as well I think at Christmases nowadays I kind of take moments and take time out in a different way to how you would Andy just Mm. to kind of reflect and almost remember the person that was once there and just kind of almost not dwell on it too much about what the day would have looked like if they were still around but just to kind of remember them and kind of stay in that moment and appreciate how they would have enjoyed the day as well and I think it can be quite nice to to experience it that way as well so it's it's really important even say once you've lost somebody to a brain tumor or to in any to anything I think just taking that time out as well to yourself and not feeling that pressure like you say of Christmas day and having to be around everyone and constantly be jolly and playing games and drinking and laughing there there's plenty of time for that and you can do all of that but take those moments to really reflect and remember those loved ones and like I think each person in your family who's experienced that loss will have experienced it in a different way. And I think it's important. Yes, it's important for all of you to spend time together and bond together and remember things together, but also to take moments to yourself, to remember them in your own little ways. I think on Christmas and at any time of year, but especially at times like Christmas, I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. I know people that do do sort of things like some some people that just light a candle. I know other people that write a letter, like, you know, of just like, and they read it out, they still keeping their loved one, feeling like their loved one's still included in their life and almost like telling them this happened and this happened so that they can feel that connection. So I think it's however, sometimes people start those traditions off before the person's gone because it's it's something that they can then continue like Andy mentioned before about thinking about traditions from his childhood sometimes I think it's nice whether it whoever it is that has passed away it's Mm -hmm. nice to sort of do something that you because sometimes people think it's too painful because we used to I used to do this with my dad or with my mum with my sibling but sometimes I think it's quite nice because it's a way of keeping them, you know, doing something that you always did together, bringing that happy memory, even if it initially, it might feel sad. I think it can bring comfort that this is what I used to do with whoever. 
do. And I think Christmas is such a time where there, there are so many traditions and things that you would really latch on to. I think there's there's always going to be songs and films and things like that that remind you of somebody if you've lost them. But I think at Christmas especially, there's yeah. there's only so many Christmas songs. <laughs> Christmas film so I think there's always going to be something that that reminds you or brings it back but you don't necessarily always have to dwell on it or like you say you don't have your friends and family don't have to be too worried about being like oh no we can't play that song because Mm. you'll get upset or things like that I think it is nice to embrace them and keep them going and just yeah reflecting on it rather than rather than avoiding things obviously if that's how you choose to grieve initially and it is too painful, then don't force yourself through anything ever. But I do think it can be a nice way to remember people sometimes. Because I lost both my parents in the last few years, not to brain tumours, but to to various things. And the first couple of Christmases, yeah, it was quite raw because you Mm -hmm. didn't get the phone call, you didn't get the chat, you didn't go down to see them. But last Christmas, I think the first time where you personally come to terms with their passing, we actually got the some of the DVDs out and some of the old could we put them on DVD of of Christmas has gone past, yeah. Where my mum and dad were still bright and alert and you know didn't have dementia and all those sorts of things and it was actually really uplifting looking. At, we 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 did wonder as a fan should we or shouldn't we because it yeah. might have made us feel really bad mm-hmm. but yeah. I think because enough time had gone we felt really just flooding all these memories that came back that made us feel that sort of warm and tingly, if that's not, that doesn't sound yeah. often. Fe- just feeling like they were almost with us. Yeah. So we, 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 it's timing thing and everyone deals with grief differently and, and that. But for us, for me and for us as a family, looking at those old DVDs and videos really helped us then enjoy Christmas because they almost, it almost felt like they were with us, yeah. if you know what I mean? Because we, we had all those memories of, of what they used to do and how they used to do it. And that, that for us, and I think we'll be doing the same this year. Yeah. Probably in the last week before Christmas. Again, we'll get the old I say DVDs that show my age. Uh <laughs> out, whatever it is, camera film, these days, or whatever's on your phone, sorry. And just have a look at them and just remind ourselves of of all those happy memories, because they are happy. And I wouldn't want those memories to be locked away that I can't ever get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My mum and I did something. Um, really similar on my dad's anniversary um, in October just gone we um, found some old footage that we'd never watched before and they were of Christmas day some of the some oh. of the clips and I was tiny in them so only been about two <laughs> two three but it is it was nice just to kind of hear that voice again and just and watch different traditions and it almost reminds you of how Christmases do change anyway and as painful as it can be to experience a change when somebody's been diagnosed or when somebody's passed away like it's almost just that kind of nostalgic feeling of Christmases are going to change and they're going to continue to change throughout your life as you as say I get older yeah. for example have my own children and it's mm. kind of a, a beautiful thing in a way it's just life and like you say it's you remember people but then in 10 years time there might be totally new people on those kind of videos yeah. so I think just Christmas in general and that kind of time of year is is a nice way to a nice way to look at that rather than looking back at it. Absolutely. If you are caring for somebody right now, I think for me, the biggest bit of advice that I every time I talk to carers is just remembering that you matter too and to take time out for you and just to try and live in the moment and not not think too far into the future. I think as well and don't feel guilty about having a good time. Yeah. Um because I, I always say that to my lot. I say my lot, sorry, my lovely family, my wife and family who are fantastic. 
don't worry about me if I'm a bit quiet. I'm gonna, you carry on. You have a good time. And I think for carers, it's hard, I know. Do try and enjoy time. Not all the time, but just if you get in a moment where you're a good film's on or there's a good comedy program or you're just lost watching Top of the Pops or whatever it is, actually mm-hmm. embrace that and that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and it's almost yeah. look for those and embrace those times. And then that that kind of recharges the batteries a bit for when old Grumpy Chops comes back downstairs and demands a bit more sort of attention. So try, and don't feel guilty about doing that. I think that enjoy the moment and focus on the moment and also how he mentioned that Christmas is a big time for reflecting. I think also alongside that, there's a lot of pressure to look into the new year and what the new year ahead is going to be like. Mm make all these resolutions and be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be and I think for anybody who's had a diagnosis anybody who's living with somebody caring for somebody with a diagnosis or anybody who's lost somebody I think that can be a really hard time to yeah. think oh, I've got to make all these plans and all these pressures yeah. for the new year and how to, how can we improve how can we be better but I think like you said Sarah it doesn't just apply to Christmas day I think even pushing forwards then as you head into the new year just focusing on each moment and each day as it comes whether you're caring for somebody or grieving I think it's really important just to yeah like you say just focus on the moment and take the moment and don't feel that pressure to have to make new resolutions and be a better version because it's not always feasible absolutely absolutely and I feel like that's kind of a nice place to wrap up in there Anna because I think that's absolutely right I think Anne's said it perfectly well just to add we're going to be taking a break over the holiday season but we are going to be back online hopefully by about the 17th I think we're planning to get an episode out myself and the three guys here really like to thank you for your support over the last year for listening for downloading for subscribing for leaving reviews if you carry on doing that in the next year that would be amazing and yeah we, i think we'd all like to wish you a very peaceful holiday season and new year yeah absolutely yeah happy christmas everyone merry christmas and happy new year We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like more information, you can visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org or email our support team at support at thebraintumorcharity.org. And finally, before you go, if you enjoyed this podcast, please can you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so we can reach more people and raise more awareness. I'm Tamsin and I work in the individual giving team at the Brain Tumor Charity. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with a brain tumour and are worried about your finances, the Brain Tumor Charity's Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, run in partnership with Citizens Advice, is here to help you. Our expert advisors can help you access the financial support you're entitled to, as well as give advice on how to make the most of your money. To make an appointment with our Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, Visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org slash money or call our support team on 0808 800 0004.